fellow Digins. Welcome to the Pay the Man podcast. Spoiler alert. We provide the worst possible picks on the internet. <laughs> Featuring your favorite hosts, Jay Grimm and Jay Wiz. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. Pay the Man episode 10. Episode 10. This is big for us here. And why not bring on a UFC bantamweight like Ricky Simone? What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. I know you said you usually don't do stuff like this with the MMA media, so we really appreciate you coming on. I just wanted to say that. Um, and I got to say, your pinned post on Twitter has to be one of the most savage things I've ever seen, where mid-fight, you guys are punching each other in the face, and he's like, you look just like me, which, by the way, you guys look identical. And you're like, no, you look like me. I'm all the same. So that, that was awesome. Yeah, I, mean, I talk a lot during fights, but that was the first time without fans. So I was that's something I was a little worried about going into that fight. I'm like, shit, people are gonna be able to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's but it was thing. all good fun. It was fun. That, that's a thing. As a fan, like you, you definitely miss the fans there. You know, the, the electricity from the crowd. But that's the thing is you hear each other what, what they're saying, and you hear the impact a lot more. So it definitely has its its pros and cons. And I just wanted to ask you because you fought in the contender series, right? So how is you know, did, did that play in your factor, having some experience with that or no? Yeah, actually, that's exactly how I looked, uh, looked at the fight going into it because it was it. I got the contender series fight three weeks notice. I got that Ray Borg fight three weeks notice. And then also, you know, it's going to be in like a, you know, uh, an arena without any without any fans, very similar to the contender series. Contender series, you could bring like each fighter could bring like five people with them. That, that was it. So it's basically no fans, you know, so super intimate setting so that's exactly how i looked at it yeah so how was that like fighting because you were in one of the first cards in the quarantine right so what was that like like training wise and that whole thing of the uncertainty knowing what these cards were exactly if they were going to happen or not yeah i mean i, I mean that's that's what it was it was kind of we were just playing by ear um trying to figure out um, you know, what, what, what the process was going to look like, you know, because you, you don't usually have to show up for fight week and get a bunch of stuff shoved up your nose and, you know, every, every other day. So, um, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't too different. I mean, we, I, I just brought some boys out with me. They stayed, they stayed at my house. We all just stayed together and trained together. Um, didn't go out and do anything, anything, um, wild, you know, and, uh, yeah, the UFC took care of us fight week too. Um, we all got like our own training areas our own our own car usually you share buses like shuttle to the venue but you know everyone's kind of just everyone kind of like pushes by themselves it wasn't bad yeah so then I, I just wanted to bring up because i know you were supposed to fight brian kelleher that was supposed to be in september and i know you had an issue where one of your corner men tested positive and you said how disappointed you were so did they give you an opportunity where if you pass the test you would at least get an option to fight no man, um, I, I was I, I was fighting with him about that too. I was super upset because um, you know a lot goes into these training camps, and that was that was the second fight that has been canceled due to coronavirus this year. So you know, I've had a, I've had two other training camps that you know we don't we don't show up to fight week, we don't get paid. So you know, and, and, and I go all out for my training camps. You know, this is my life. So you know, I, I come across training over like I am right now in California. I spend a lot of money to put myself up, pay all all these different coaches. And when the fight doesn't happen, you know, so of course I was, I was uh, advocating to let, let me, 
because uh, I had I had, I had never filled a test. I've taken like seventeen COVID tests. I've never filled a test. I was like, you know, let let us both retest, you know, and we both did anyways, even though they said no, and we were both negative the next day, you know. So I think it was you know cancel all the false positive, but they're you know they're taking all the you know they're, they're just being super careful, you know. So it's not like I can be mad, but um, but I was. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame you. I understand. I guess they got to take the proper precautions, but if you see it all the time, I mean, you've seen in the NFL with all these false positive tests. I mean, you know, so that must have been frustrating. I understand that. Yeah, definitely. But we got, we, we get a run, we get a, another chance. You know, January 16th, I get to step in there with Brian Keller. And, you know, this is a fight that I've been wanting to get because he's, he's the top 15. I've also been in the top 15. You know, I've been sitting right outside. So, and it's super exciting. Like usually, I have, I you know, I feel like, um, you know, I'm trying to get that out of my opponent, you know, and I don't think I'll have to do that with Brian. He, he's he's a fun fighter. He's a cool personality. We'll have some fun in there. Yeah, and that's actually the first card of 2021, I believe, right? UFC Fight Night 187. So that should be fun to kick off the year. Oh shoot, is it really? Yeah, it is. I I'm that. pretty sure it's the first card of uh, the new year. Oh yeah, we'll start it strong then. And they didn't announce a location for that one yet, right? I'm being told Vegas. I better be Vegas. <laughs> oh, so, so that's a thing. This is actually a betting podcast. So oh, when you're in Vegas, are you going to do ever bet? Are you planning to hit the casinos or what? Um, you know, I'm not very good. I'm just starting to get into it. I made my first online bet um, uh, when Cheeto, my, my, my boy Cheeto fought Sean O'Malley. I was like, easy money. Let's go. So I, <laughs> I put a couple hundred on Cheeto and I want some money. So that's the only bet I've made online. I, I want to get into it more, but. I'm stingy with my money, so I need to get good at it first. I wish I was like you if I were stingy with my money, but unfortunately, I cannot. I don't know why it's a problem, but like tonight, we got a fight night tonight. I got money on it. And you, you know anything about the fights tonight? You like anyone in particular? Um, you talking main event? Glover? Santos. Main event. Yeah. Santos, uh, Teixeira. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I got I got Santos in that one. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't, I'm, I, I, but I mean, I've been betting against Glover's last few fights, and he's proved me wrong every time. But, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I don't know. I mean, Santos is hard to bet against. Um, and then uh, I got to go with the Mullen Man Bozer. Uh, he, he, since I cut mine off, he has the best mullet in the UFC right now. So I got to go with my my mullet brother. I saw you actually retweeted something today about the the kid with the mullet. Uh, which one? Which one? What I do? Oh hey, yeah. I, um, Theo, Theo Vaughn tweeted it. Yeah, some kid won. Yeah, I was cracking up with that. <laughs> Are we gonna see that mullet back ever anytime soon? Um, you know, I, I you know, I uh, was thinking maybe with a couple more wins, you know, the the hair in the back of my neck will start growing again. You know, I'm kind of <laughs> maybe I need maybe I need some attention or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll grow it back out. <laughs> um, so so I just so you you're gonna be in the first card of 2021, which we we talked about. What are your goals for 2021? Would you like to fight, you know, three, four times, which we've seen you do in the majority of your career? Yeah, man, it's brutal for me when I don't fight. When 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 I'm not active, oh man, I'm, you're gonna, I'm gonna get into too many shenanigans. You, so you, they better keep me active. Uh, so so I'm hoping. I like to I like to uh, you know I like to get paid. So anywhere from three to five times next year, you know, I, that would be great to make up for this lackluster year. Right. Um. So in, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on something because the Tuesday Night Contender Series was, was on Tuesday, and I know you have experience in the Tuesday Night Contender Series. Um, 
and you're you're a wrestler you got a background in wrestling um i feel like obviously the whole point of the tuesday night contender series is dana white wants flashy knockouts and stuff like that he wants people who put on a show and those exciting finishes and he signs those guys but I want to get your thoughts as a wrestler. Do you think he should put more stock into people who, who, who get the job done just um, and, and wrestle and take down their opponents? Because I feel like he won't even give those guys shots. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I, I was a little salty uh, about Contender Series for a while because obviously I fought in there, you know, and I, and I won. It was an exciting fight, but uh, didn't get the contract. And I had to go fight an Olympic a couple times for the world title um, to get signed. So, yeah, I think – you know, that, that, that platform was definitely for specific for a specific style, I think. You know, a little bit more flashy and but like I said, I'm stingy with my money when you're when, when half my paychecks on the line, you're not gonna see me go out there and just swing for the fences and, and close my eyes, you know? Like right. I'm gonna try to win, I'm gonna do what I'm best at, I'm gonna win, get the other half of my money. Right. LFA champ, huh? LFA champ, yeah. I, I had a you know it's crazy, I had a fight uh, right after that kind of serious fight. Um, my buddy uh, Chell Sonnen linked me up with Ed Soares for uh, the president of LFA, and I was desperate. For, I was just, I was thinking about quitting fight, and I was like, man, I cannot get signed. You know, I was just salty. You know, I, you know, I, I'm happy with the way things turned out. But I fought Chico Camus uh, for my for the my first fight in LFA was for the LFA world title. Fought eight time UFC veteran Chico Camus, uh, beat him in a five round war. Still didn't get signed. So I had to defend my belt months later, got a quick knockout. And they're like, all right, if you accept this short notice fight, we'll, uh, we'll sign you. But if not, you can get jump back on the contender series next summer. So I was like, sign me up. Sign me up for the short notice fight. We'll just I'll jump in there. <laughs> so you, you're a guy who, who came into the UFC um, after winning a world title, like you said, which is awesome because that never would have happened if you got signed straight to the UFC. So you could take that how you want to. But um. You fought some of the best guys in the UFC. I mean, you fought a Hall of Famer in Uriah Faber. You fought a guy who fought for the world title in Demetrius Johnson. Now you're fighting a, a veteran in the sport in Brian Keller, who's got over 20 wins, 22 to be exact. I just want to get your thoughts. Um, who's a guy, past or present, if they could come out of retirement or you could jump in their time era, who's a guy at bantamweight you would like to fight? At bantamweight? Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, whenever I got asked, asked that question in the past, it was Uriah Faber. <laughs> but um, let's not stop talking about that one. Uh, I think, honestly, you know, uh, you know, it didn't work out with the first legend, but I would like to fight Frankie Edgar. You know, he's – and that's still a possibility. He's still yeah. around. I don't know for how much longer, but, you know, um, you know I, I was a big fan of Frankie growing growing up. I watched him in high school when I was in high school. I watched him fight BJ. Um so, you know, uh, I, I've even, like, emulated him a little bit and copied his style. So, it'd be cool to, it'd be cool to get in there and get a mix it up with Frank Edgar, I think. His fights against Gray Maynard were some of the greatest fights I've ever seen, man. The amount of times oh, he came back, I mean, unbelievable. And that's what that's – a, that's a good example of fights that, like, like why, why I get so mad when the French and Joe are kind of, like, too early to stop fights because then you're, like – you're like kind of robbing us as fans as for, for some of the best fights that have ever happened. You know, if you go in and stop those fights, you know, too early. Yeah. 
Um, we actually had John McDessie, a UFC lightweight, and we asked him about the judging. And I know you had a split decision in your last fight, and you openly talked about how you thought that shouldn't have been a split decision. You thought you clearly won that fight. And I, we, we talked about, he said it's, it's a thing that you can only take with a grain of salt, right? I mean, um, my opinion, why not get more judges? Like Joe Rogan always says, you should have 10 judges. You should get, you know, guys who fought in the past. How would you, what would your answer be to, to the problem with judging? Because it changes people's careers, you know? Yeah, that's, this is something that like, I'm always like bitching about, and, uh, complaining, but I don't, I don't have the answers for it either, you know, because I'm, I'm not sure. I, but I would like to see more training, more knowledge going into it. Like sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm a professional fighter, and sometimes I'm like, what do they want me to do in there? You know, like, if I have, like, more numbers, more strikes landed, and more takedowns, like, how is it, a, you know, like, you know, is it just, like, I don't know. Like, I, is it just the damage yeah. then? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of, like. I guess it's tough because everybody, like, he said he wishes they put more credit in defense. He said it's it's obviously very hard to not get hit. So a guy, one guy wants defense to count more and you, you know, some people say like kicks should count more, you know, so it's definitely, it's a thing that's objective, I guess, I guess there'll never be a right or wrong answer, you know, but I just wish sometimes like why have three judges one time you'll see 30, 27, one way you'll see 30, 27, the other way it's tough, you know? Yeah. And then some boxes definitely, well, it might be definitely favor the uh, striking. So like jabs will out, will score more than, you know, takedowns and submission attempts. You know, so it's just, you know, but it's MMA, this isn't boxing, so. Right. Another thing I we asked Mac Desi on the past episode is something that is like my forte, the betting side. Wiz is more of the knowledgeable UFC. That's why he's kind of like running this show a little bit more than I, we have in the past. But for the betting odds, bringing up your uh, up and coming to your fight, do you look at that? Is that something that plays a role in how you are, like your confidence or whatever? Um, I don't like I don't like searching, but like I get plenty of people who message me what they are and send me what they bet and stuff like that, you know. So, so I, I definitely end up seeing it. <laughs> so probably like for me, I mean, being an underdog would probably boost my confidence. If you see you're an underdog, you're going out there like I'm here to like prove a point, or either Shit, way, well, probably. The times that I was the heavy favorites, the time I lost, anyways, the my. Titan elephant or a Titan title fight and my fight, I think it was times I was the highest, like you know, the the biggest favorite on the you know the card and, um in my career and I, I lost both those fights. So you know, it don't matter to me either way. I you know, I, I know this is Evan Bay and it's Yeah, one punch can change it. Oh, that's yeah. that, that's the thing. And <laughs> the NFL, you could dominate for three quarters, be up 38-3, the game's over. UFC, you got to stay perfect for three or five rounds, you know? Yeah. But uh, where, where are you now? So I, I live in Washington State. I train uh, right across the bridge from Portland, Oregon. But I've been cross-training with Team Oyama in Irvine, California. Uh, Alex Perez has a little title fight coming up, so he brought him first camp. So I basically I went home for a week, but basically been out here for his entire camp. He fights November twenty first, so we're just finishing up, and that's where I'm at right now. Awesome. So good luck to him. Um, 
I just want so so a guy who who's been in a champion at other organizations. You've been in the UFC. You fought a Hall of Famer, like we talked about. I want to get your thoughts on a guy like Israel Adesanya. Had a guy he trains with in the the Contender Series, and he said like nobody wants to hold Mitch for this guy. And now you're training, helping a guy get ready for a title fight. You said, um, what's the biggest thing you've noticed in these organizations? Oh man, I think that's is these boys the one who do like the kids is it like a little spin in the road <laughs> that had me dying the little spin in the road. Oh, man. Um, sorry that sorry man i was just thinking about that why, why no, you no. <laughs> are you saying the major difference between the organizations i fought in? yeah sorry. yeah dude the, the ufc just like is not even compar- comparable bro like i fought uh, the fight before i'll fight for the LFA world title still broke still not making no money blown up tent basically you know like you know i fought for a world title for titan you know you know it's just the different it's just different it's just a different level different pay scale um the way they treat you you know you feel like a you know you feel like a professional athlete i never felt like a professional athlete before you know would you say it's a thing of of obviously you're getting the the best professionals in the world but would what would have you noticed um the most the speed is it a power thing everyone's good like, you already know that but <laughs> but uh you know like at the but at the top of all the regional promotions like like i was saying like titan and lfa you're fighting like you're, you're fighting guys you, you could easily be fighting in the ufc you know you, right. you look at my last few opponents you know like before i got signed like let's get you know some of them were ufc or bellator vets you know so you're just not getting paid paid the same fight them right um, now you said you, after your, your, the Tuesday night contender series fight, you thought about possibly quitting. If you had to take a different route, what would you be doing today? I don't know, man. I'm, I literally <laughs> choose to get punched in the face. I don't have to do anything. So. <laughs> 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 I try, you know, I went to college for a couple of years. Like I did fine, but like, I was just like antsy every time I was in class. I was like, Hey, I need to be in jujitsu. Someone's getting better than me. I need to be in boxing. I need to be on a run, you know. So I don't know, like, you know, I, I'm not that young bug anymore. I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm 28 now. I, you know, for the longest time, I was like the young up and coming kid. You know, I've been I've been in the UFC for a couple of years now, and um, I don't know. I, I, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> You're still young, man. I mean, look at Glover Teixeira. He's 41, fighting in the main event tonight. He got signed to UFC a little bit later, though, but he's been in it for a grip. I feel like those oh, those those uh, guys in the uh, higher weight classes, I don't think they, some of them stick around a little bit longer. It seems I mean, that look way. Look at Alistair Overeem. Why, why is that? You think it's just like, is it just less guys that are that big going, you know, choosing the MMA route? You think it could be a speed thing? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's why I'm always I'm always super interested in these like. Um, Heavyweight matchups like like tonight get with Tanner and, and um, uh, uh, Orlowski, right? Because uh, like usually you see like the the young guy do pretty good within the one round, but then you know I feel like after the one round, like especially for heavyweights, it like it usually leans in favor of like the older guy who has more experience in there. Well, that happened in Overeem's last fight. Who did Overeem just fight? Um, the not not Rosenstrike. Walt Harris. No, um, the fight after Walt Harris. Who's his most recent fight? As you're looking that up, but he lost the first round, and he came back and 
won, I think, the second, third, and, and got the finish. I think you're looking that up. I'm looking it up right now. It wasn't Harris? No, he, he beat Harris in the first round. He stopped Harris where he got dropped. Well, that fight too. He got dropped and then he came back and finished the fight. But then Saki, he, Saki yeah, Saki, Saki looked good in the first round and he came back and won. And now he's fighting Rosenstrike again. So maybe he's got one more run in him, you know, and then look at Anderson Silva. The guy's 45 years old <laughs> and just, just yeah. retired. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe you'll be fighting at 45. <laughs> Shit, I hope not. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be retired, chilling by 40. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I think I wasted all my. I started wrestling super young in elementary school, so I always joke around that I wasted my good, good years wrestling. I'm all so, beat up. As a wrestler, I just want to get your thoughts on the Khabib Gaethje fight because there's a lot of debate right now on Gaethje's wrestling because he had the credentials, and then everybody's saying maybe we gave him too much credit going into that fight. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just different. Um, one thing he said before was like, he said, he's not, he's like, I'm not good off my back, but I'm good at getting off my back, you know? And like, at this point, like everyone's like almost a black belt, you know, Dan, how are you going to say you're not, you're fighting for a world title. You're not good off your back. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then you see, could we take him down and go straight to Mount? It's like, all right. Either, he, you know, like I'm not, and then also it's could be, so I, I, you could, you could yeah. say all that, but at the end of the day, it's like. I mean, Khabib does that to everybody, so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just want to ask you one more question. For a guy who's who's younger and thinking about getting into MMA, because you're starting to see a lot more people, rather than go to the NFL route or the MLB, they're starting to um, say, I want to become an MMA fighter. What, what would your advice be for them, a guy who wants to just get started? Would it be starting wrestling, jiu-jitsu? Where would you recommend getting started? It uh, depends on when, when they're getting started. If they're like, you know, like already in their 20, like you got to do it all. You, you're already behind, you know, because <laughs> you got, you got like guys start wrestling. Like I did super young or Taekwondo or Jiu Jitsu. Really, you got to, you got to have a base. And I think the best base is wrestling because you can dictate where the fight goes, but obviously you need to be able to like throw kicks and punches and everything. So it's really, you got, you got to be ready to, you got to be ready to like totally like be in the world and, and, and cover all your bases and, one thing, I think I read Forrest Griffin's book when I was an amateur, <laughs> and uh, he said, I remember hearing, uh, reading him say that um, you go, you need to practice, the practice that you don't want to go to, you need to go to that one more, you know? So, like, right. for, and that, 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 that practice for me has changed throughout the years. Sometimes I don't, don't want to go to jitsu or kickboxing, you know? And so I would just force myself to go to that practice even more. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's, it's more of a it's definitely more of a sport now. So you got to have all your bases covered. You got to have a strength and conditioning coach, boxing coach, head, head coach, you know, like yeah. it's just, there's a lot to it. That's a good point. Cause you used to see these guys used to really specialize in one thing, whether it was wrestling, jujitsu. Um, now you're seeing guys who really are good at everything. Like, cause, yeah. cause if you realize it, it's crazy cause MMA has been around basically my whole life, 20, 21 years now. So now you're getting people who, like we're born into mixed martial arts and now they're training their whole thing. Like John Jones, if you look at John Jones wrestling, you know, it used to be, it used to be real good for UFC. Now you see people are starting to catch on, you know, like a guy who, who specializes in that. So it's definitely a good point. Yeah. My little, my little brother, 12 year old brother is running double legs and then boom, spinning, throwing elbows off. <laughs> of them. So I was like, dude, chill out. You know, like these kids are going to be good. 
know? That's awesome. That's crazy. Now he gets to look up to you throughout his whole career. Yeah. He said he's going to whoop my butt when he turns 16. We have a bet right now. He's, we have a bet for my car. Oh, That's my all. God. When, when, when you were his age, was there any fighters that you kind of looked up to or inspired or inspired by? Yeah. Um, well, team, when I was coming up, it was like in Team Quest's heyday, which is right there from where I'm, where I'm at, you know, 45 minutes from my house. We'd be in that area a lot. We'd stop by. You know, I met Randy Couture when I was eight or nine. Randy Couture was a big one for me, you know, because he's a wrestler, champion. And then also Diego Sanchez, just because he was crazy. I watched – that was, like, my favorite. Uh, he's an ultimate fighter. You know, I think I was, like, 12 when that was going on. And just oh, seeing him screaming. Awesome. And, yeah, that, that was – that's, like – I was, like, super shy and, like, kind of, like, quiet. But, like, that's how I felt inside. But I, Diego was all crazy. So, like, yeah. So, <laughs> that's how I like to fight, now- too. So it's crazy that you're still now you're still watching a fight and you're a professional now. <laughs> yeah, I actually got it. Uh, when I, before I got signed to the UFC, I went and stayed uh, at Cowboys place. My, my buddy, Pat, Pat Healy took me. We stayed a few weeks over at, at Cerrone's place and I got a spar with Sanchez. And that was like a surreal moment for me. Cause we're like, you know, he didn't know who I was at all. And he's just, I'm trying to kill me. And I'm just sitting there like smiling, like trying to wrestle with him <laughs> and stuff. It was fun. Yeah. Um, well, we appreciate you coming on, man, and we wish oh, you yeah. the best of luck, and we're excited for your next fight. And who knows, maybe we'll <laughs> we'll throw some money on it. <laughs> Definitely gonna throw some money on it after this one. Yeah, hell yeah, guys. Even though um, I think Kelleher's from the East Coast, you guys are from the East Coast, right? Yeah, and, New uh, York. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's from that area. So I, I'm trying to grow my fan base out. Yeah, I, we got I'm you, man. Don't worry about it. Although, although you said the best coast, although you said the best. You caught, you caught me right before sparring. My, my shit talking is already running through. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, we yeah. appreciate you, man. We appreciate you, yeah. and uh, we're excited for you in 2021. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. That was fun. No problem. Have a good one, man. Appreciate it. Yeah.